We're reading today from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 28. Some time later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled. Please, my lord, one of them began, this woman I live with in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There were only two of us in the house. But her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. And in the morning, when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted. It certainly was your son, and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said. The living child is mine, and the dead one is yours. And so they argued back and forth before the king. Then the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours, and each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. Then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much cried out, Oh no, my lord, give, it to, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Then the king said, Do not kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live for she is his mother. When all Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. Amen. This St Andrews is God's word. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, and on this Mother's Day, uh, we come, we pray that as we come to this text, that Lord, you would speak to our hearts this morning. And that, Lord, that your name would be honoured here this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's quite an amazing story. Uh, but you know that what one of the problems is with classic Bible stories is we, we can often learn the primary lesson but fail to see uh, the, the rest of the story or some of the secondary uh, elements to it. This incident, in, in its context, if you know your Bible well, is used to show the wisdom of Solomon. So Solomon had just ascended the throne from his, king, his father, King David. And just like in the UK, we've just, uh, in the UK, and those are countries that have retained their links to the monarchy, uh, like New Zealand, we've just gone through that transition from the queen to the king. It's going to be a bit of a, a surprise when we get to the king's birthday celebration. Feels a bit strange, actually, so rather than saying queen's birthday. And so um, it's the same for, for what had taken place with Solomon. So Solomon had inherited the throne from his father, King David. And so uh, shortly after that time, he was visited by God in a dream in the night. And God asked him, 
uh, is there, ask me of me anything that you want, because I'm in the power to give it. And so Solomon, I mean, what an amazing question. Imagine if the Lord visited you in the middle of the night and with a dream. What would, you, what would you have said to the Lord in response to that? Well, Solomon asked for wisdom, and, uh, which is a really good thing to ask for being a king. And, and because he asked for wisdom rather than wealth or, or riches or whatever, uh, he, was, he was granted wisdom. And the Lord said if he was going to be faithful to him, he would continue to get the wealth and the riches as well. Uh, if those that know the whole story of, of, of Solomon, perhaps Solomon would have been better to have asked for a lifelong faithful spirit. Uh, but he asked for wisdom, and that's what he received. And straight after that text there, then comes this, this part of the narrative, this encounter comes. And it's a way of showing, uh, in the biblical narrative, showing how God had answered Solomon's request in terms of justice and so forth. And so I don't, we don't know whether uh, Jethro's system of the hierarchy of judges was still in, in effect in the time of Solomon, but it's likely something along those lines was in effect, which means that only the very toughest of the cases gets to the Supreme Court, the king. You have the you know, local village elders, and then you have your district judges, and, and only those cases which really cannot be dealt with, oh, this is a really tough one, we're going to send this one up to the next tier. And so uh, here was the toughest of tough cases. And of course, without DNA testing, which we'd have today, it would be difficult to know who was the mother and who wasn't. It's a he says, she says moment, or in this case, a she says, she says moment. And so this account shows the wisdom of Solomon. But this account is not just about the wisdom of Solomon. It's also in the biblical account about the values of motherhood. And when you think about the vocation of the mother, it's perhaps from an unlikely source. And so being Mother's Day, and to give you the St. Andrew's congregation, the long-suffering congregation, a one-week break from the theme of Romans, particularly all these weeks in chapter 6 and 7 on dealing with sin, uh, we're going to have a one-week look at Mother's Day and a look at these two women in the story. And the first value of motherhood is there's no such thing as a perfect mother. So maybe you're looking at your life and thinking, I actually made a mess of it. Or maybe your relationship with your children or grandchildren isn't where you like it to be. Well, let us think of the two women in the story. The two women in the story were prostitutes. They were living in what scripture would describe as sinful circumstances, if we're direct about it. And yet while they were living outside of God's will, no one is perfect. And while we don't know their situations, most of the time, in the both in the developing nations today and in the ancient world in the time of the biblical times, often women who chose prostitution were doing so out of necessity to earn provision. Uh, though there was other means. If you have a look at the book of Ruth, there was often the gleanings of the fields, which could be given to widows and poor people. But it was tough going for women if you were a widow or if you were a solo, single lady back in the day. Nevertheless... Despite whatever less than ideal decision-making made them to that decision, whatever the circumstances of it, God knew them, and he knew this woman, the real mum, and you get to see some of her heart come out. So for me, this story shows a love for all the less-than-perfect mums out there. This is the key narrative straight after the request of Solomon for wisdom. This is a key part of the biblical narrative. And he chose two women who happened to be in that particular career path, and this was a narrative. It it's actually shouts out at us, particularly in a very patriarchal uh, society that was back in the day. 
And so, so and we get to see also that Solomon is really fascinating. Solomon, I, we imagine, the best evidence we have from the text is he'd never met those women before. And yet he was willing to bet the farm, to bet the bank, that actually that what the real mom was going to have a maternal instinct for their child, right? Remember with the, with the sword? Now, he, he was, he's willing to bet that, this, that not only that she had this love, but she was willing to sacrifice everything and lose everything just to see the child live. And that's an incredible part you get to see. An imperfect woman, and Solomon was able to see past her career path. He was able to see past her imperfections and see the maternal spirit. And this is, we're actually made, all humans are made in the image of God. So Solomon in his wisdom saw past her job, her imperfections to her beautiful heart, and so does God. And it will be really good for us as Christians to be able to look, and when we look out there in the world, to see the image of God, the beautiful things, including the maternal instinct. Yes, it's not totally universal, but it was universal enough that Solomon was willing to risk it all that actually that this lady would have it for her child. Because why else would he have done that with the sword? It was a really, when the chips were down, her back's against the wall, he was betting that she was going to be willing to lose it all just to have her son live. And of course we find out in the scripture one of the amazing heroines of faith is Rahab, who happens to be, I may miss one of the greats, but I think it was great, great grandmother of King Solomon. And give or take one great. But it was in the direct line of descendants. And she had a colourful past, but she was a woman of faith. And all throughout Scripture, God takes men and women who come from less than ideal circumstances, who often make less than ideal decisions, and yet the ones who have a heart for the Lord, He uses them mightily. And so particularly the ones whose lives are a mess, who think nothing good can be redeemed from their lives, God is able to work miracles, for nothing is impossible for God. If any one of us had to wait for God to love us based on our performance, we'd all be out of luck. I know I would certainly be. Right, so there's no such thing as a perfect mother. And you see all these, these wonderful comments about the woman out there. Well, we see with this mother, she's probably not a perfect mum, but she did love her child. And yes, there is the other side to the account. We have to acknowledge it. There is the other woman there, a narcissistic, selfish, lying, well, you fill in the last word there. I don't care what happens to the child as long as the real mum is in the same boat as me, childless. She was getting nothing out of the situation. She just wanted the other one to be cut down. I mean, that degree of narcissism, that degree of selfishness, a casual viciousness that we see in the other woman. And, that, and we recognize that too as part of human nature. And there are those women out there who are mothers too. And we also acknowledge that often there is the beautiful and the ugly that both resides within the human heart, every human heart. But given the fact it's Mother's Day and we're having a one-week break from the looking at sin, which we've been looking at the last few weeks in Romans, we're going to focus on the good mum today, not the other one. Uh, that's our theme. So firstly, we see there's no such thing as a perfect mum. But there's another moral of motherhood that comes out from the story. God has answers for a mother's problems. No one should look through for a stress-free motherhood. It doesn't exist. From the pains of giving birth... To many, to many sleepless nights at the beginning, to the terrible twos, to the never-ending of cooking, cleaning, and nighttime routines. Then to the teenage years, 
where often the kids know everything and we know nothing. Uh, and then eventually to the children empty nesting and the, or the revolving door where they move back. We've got two of our kids currently living within us and our, our, and our third one's, all our kids including our foster daughter in Geraldine. And then to the experiencing, for some, the joys of being grandchildren. Motherhood can be stressful at times and a heavy load to bear. Dr. James Dobson, he's actually 87 years of age uh, at the moment. Uh, he uh, shares, a, who's heard of Dr. James Dobson, Focus on the Family, back in the day, 1980s? Uh, back in the day, he wrote a book about uh, coming home from work. His wife was surely had a terrible day. Ryan, uh, their son, had been sick and had cried all day. Uh, once as she was changing his nappies, the telephone rang, and so Shirley reached over to answer it before fastening up his diapers. Bad mistake. Just then, Ryan had an attack of diarrhoea. She then cleaned up that mess, put on some clean, sweet-smelling clothes. Then she took him into the living room and fed him. And as this is according to the, the, his book here, and as she was burping, he then threw up all over himself, over her, and the couch too. Dobson writes that when I came home, I could smell the aroma of motherhood everywhere. Shirley cried out to him, was all of this in my contract? She said. While motherhood can be stressful, there is good news. We see from this account that God is willing and able to assist mums in the problems they encounter. God didn't just give Solomon this wisdom so that folks could stand around for the next 3,000 years and say, oh, wow, the wisdom of Solomon. That's what most people say, right? They look at the wisdom of Solomon and say, oh, I wish I could have the wisdom of Solomon. Okay, that is part of the story. It might be the main thing, but it's not the only thing. God gave Solomon this wisdom because he loved this mother and he loved the child. Can we believe that? Can we believe that? that, and, that and that this account was to show the God's love to the least of the, of the lowly and to reflect God's heart for them. And that God has answers for a mother's problems. He has wisdom to spare for parenting responsibilities today, or in the first service, I know we're in a more traditional service here, perhaps it's more likely grandparenting or great-grandparenting. How many great-grandparents do we have here? Great. Well, we've got one, one great-parent, and there's probably a few grandparents. Oh, two! Um, and, and if we had, um, um, well, we had some, we might have some great-great ones as well. Uh, and so children and grandchildren today, this is my view, there is special need for wisdom today. Our world is a changing place. Today, we need the wisdom of God more than ever. When the changing worldviews promoted by society, the media, the government, mothers, and indeed all parents need a double dose of God's wisdom and grace today to navigate life. That's okay. God has wisdom to give you for the task. He can teach you what you need to know in every situation, perhaps you need to be like Solomon and say, Lord, if you're asking me what I need, I'm asking for wisdom. Give me wisdom to navigate the situation with my children and grandchildren because God has enough wisdom for everyone. And there's a third and final value for mothers from this story. And it is, there's nothing like a mother's love. It is or it can be an imperfect, let me say that again, imperfect reflection of God's love. The real mother in the story would rather see another woman raise her child, would never, see, would never see her son again, never have her son call her mum. She would rather have that than see her son split in two. You have to be willing to give up some things to be a good mother, and I think that's particularly true if you're a single mum today. Personal sacrifice is a pivotal part of motherhood. It begins uh, by sacrificing mothers sacrificing their own bodies to carry a child in their womb for nine months, 
No one else has ever carried me around on their, uh, around on their backs for nine months, I have to say. Uh, only my mum. Uh, and, and that's incredible. It doesn't stop there. They keep on giving. They, sleep, they give up sleep for midnight feedings. They often give up personal goals to help their children achieve their goals. Ask yourself how many times you got a new outfit and mum wore the same old clothes. Or how many times she gave you the last helping at supper. Though I have to say, sometimes when Catherine was buying new outfits for the kids, because they look really cute, and she'd wear those little cute little cute shoes and cute things, and we just love getting the new ones for them. And of course, they outgrew them so quickly. But often there was a lot of sacrifice. So we honour mums for all the giving they do. They remind us a little bit of God's love which is a much more perfect love. He gave up everything. He sacrificed everything, came from throne to life as a slave and gave up and died on the cross for every single one of us. Absolute sacrificial love. And a mother's love is an imperfect reflection of that. We see that in the biblical account. She was willing to give up everything that her son would live. How much more has Jesus Christ done that for us? So let me finish with a story. Uh, it's a bit of my mum's love. So, mum, if you're watching online, and mum might be, she's been watching the last few sermons, this is for you. I remember um, my mum, uh, my mum had bought this, uh, mum and dad had bought this beautiful uh, table. It was, I don't know how expensive it was, but it was very expensive, and they put the McNaughton family crest on each one of the chairs. So it's this beautiful um, a table, and uh, it's a family heirloom. And it's beautiful. And uh, of course, like family heirlooms, you're just not able to do anything with it. You, you know, it's got to look just beautiful. You ever got heirlooms like that? Don't damage this. Well, one time I was doing schoolwork with a compass. And I would just, I know, I, I, you, you, you can just imagine where the story is going right now. Uh, and so I can see Jill going, oh, no, yes, it's, it's a reality. And so I was working with a compass, and I'd forgotten about the table. I was just in my own world. And then mum came home and she said, oh, stop! And she looked up and we pulled up and there all over mum's table was these marks. I just wrecked, like not a few, a lot. I just burst into tears, sobbed my heart out. And mum just looked at the table and looked at me and I could see the conflict. There's my table, there's my son. And then she just gave me a hug and said, it's okay. I was no punishment and consequences. So years later, years later, after I'd left home, she waited till I'd left home. She sanded it down <laughs> and revarnished it. But even though if I come back 20 years later, I can still see the slight indentations of the compass marks I'd made as a young lad. But I don't remember that. I remember the unconditional love of a mum who chose her love over me over the table. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, on this Mother's Day, taking a break from Romans for one week, we honour mothers, but above all, we honour the fact they're made in your image, both male and female. Mother, you made mothers and fathers. And a mother's love is part of uh, the image that you have put into humanity, both male and female. And we see that image in this mother this morning, willing to sacrifice everything. Yes, the story was about the wisdom of Solomon. We acknowledge that. And yes, there was the other woman and her sin and brokenness and narcissism. We see that out in humanity as well. But today on Mother's Day, we honour that prostitute mother willing to sacrifice everything for her son, a mother's love, and Lord, we desire to see that unconditional love within our church faith community and acknowledge it out in the community, even with those who are not walking with you, for they too are made in the image of God. In Jesus' name, amen.